Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe. We're doing real good on subscribers, but we can always use more subscribers. So go ahead and subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with another great Lakers Fast Break podcast as Joe is going sideways for you right now as we speak. Always good to have Joe here as well. But if you can't, like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we'll be covering who won NFL free agency for you this week on a great show. Looking forward to that as well. Game Source, of course, the great guys at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Mr. Sideways, Joe Soro, as Ox1947 today at LakersBall.com. Plus, go ahead and support his company right now. A lot of rain going on, so you're going to get a lot of weeds. Ugly looking stuff out there on your front lawn for all you SoCal people out there. So you know what? You need to change that. You need to change that right away with Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. By of course, you know, the owner of the company is here. And of course, the best way to represent himself is wearing a hoodie. Awesome. But also as well, you want to go ahead and check out Magic Man in the morning every Friday morning, right here at the Lakers Fast Break, 7:30 a.m. Pacific, 10:30 a.m. Eastern. And, of course, for the you to be in the know in the NBA draft world, go ahead and check out the latest news and trends in the NBA draft with Stone Hansen and the great guys right there for you at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. And I'm assuming Laker Tom might be coming because the Lakers won tonight. So if you're not, still check out what he's doing today. Always great to have Laker Tom here, part of Lakerholics.com. And my good friend Jamie Sweet, Yami Sweet. I'm going to see if we can try to do a, a late night Lakers fast break on Tuesday. That's what I'm targeted for this week. I'll go ahead and share some thoughts on what we're going to do this week as well outside the games. But if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers coming off not one, but two straight debacles in Houston and then coming back home for that terrible last second shot and all the mistakes that they made in the Dallas game on Friday night came into a must-win victory on Sunday, facing off against the surprising Orlando Magic, who won yesterday at the Crypt. So they were already comfortable with the Crypt as they beat the Clippers. Would that happen again? Thank you so much, Austin, for truly appreciating. Austin is the key word for today, so thank you, Austin, for subscribing. Truly appreciate it. But the Lakers so far in the first quarter, kind of went off, got to a struggling shot, you know, a start just just really did not mesh out very well at the beginning, kind of rocky to start off. I know Sean on playback was noting that, and Stone was agreeing with him at that as well. They, they were going in detail why, but that second quarter, the Lakers really started to pop from the outside, and they got off to a comfortable 16-point lead. But as I always say, the Lakers can't stand prosperity and the Lakers, unfortunately, in the third and fourth quarters, let that lead dwindle down, dwindle down, little by little, little by little. And we got to the point where the game was tied late in the fourth quarter. But a late surge by a heroic Austin Reeves leading the charge off the bench for a lackluster starting five. Unfortunately, just didn't really get it done. But 
Austin Reeves, Rui Hashimura, and the guys off the bench really played well. They were on the plus side, all of them on the plus minus scale. But Austin Reeves with a career high, 35 points, some clutch play down the stretch, hit almost all of his free throws, <coughs> Anthony Davis, down the stretch. So really a great performance by him, a career high for him as the Lakers pull out in the final minute. As we saw all the mistakes that the Lakers have been making late, made by the Orlando Magic, 111 to 105. And here today to talk about today's game, three great guys indeed. We're going to start off with the Magic Man himself. He is the host with the most. He's the madman from Toronto. He just can't get out of Toronto traffic unless he's here watching with you on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. You were there for the entire game. You watched the sluggish start. You watch the second quarter where they start to pop. But the key is with AD struggling on the offensive end and the starting five really not really meeting up to any expectations and Malik Beasley just looking absolutely horrible. You know, Troy Brown Jr. not looking good at all. I know everybody's going to be out there. Fried chickens are going to bring up the Lonnie Walker for the fourth. Why didn't he come back to the game? You know, come into the game. Why didn't he get off the bench? Why didn't Max Christie get off the bench? Because the starting five was really not that good. But the bench, my friend, they picked it up, and they're the reason why we won today's game. A hundred percent, Gerald. We uh, we were emphasizing it. I think, you know, uh, halfway through the third quarter is that, that uh, when the Lakers were up 84-81, I had uh, just peeked at the uh, the box score, and every single Lakers starter was a negative plus minus. And, the and we best... even got Austin Reeves in the chat right now. We're yeah, so I know. Happy. I know. Great that's job, all... Austin. That's awesome. That's awesome. Didn't even reach the locker room yet, and he's already on Lakers fast. Yeah, that's just Love dedication it. for you. That's just dedication. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, Gerald, um, this was to me. This was um, Austin's second best game as a professional. Um, congratulations on his career high of 35 points. Uh, hopefully it's, it's just one of the many career highs he'll have as a Laker, but um, really efficient night when we needed it badly. Um, 35 points on 14 shots. He got to the line 18 times. He made 16. Um, I took note, Gerald. He, he got into the paint seven times. He finished five times and he finished uh, the three point play four out of the five uh, scoring chances. So uh, the NBA does not yet have a conversion rate percentile of guys who are able to get into the paint and finish. Uh, if I had to guess just off a uh, naked eye test, I would say so uh, Reeves is somewhere in that, like the 80 percentile. Um, other than him, our high our high man was Russell with 18 points. Um, so we really needed his contributions tonight. Um, and, and as far as, you know, people saying, you know, with LeBron out, you need somebody to get into the paint and score. Yeah, that's true. I really don't care if he's a, if he's a freight train or if he does it like he's one of the teacups, it, it doesn't matter. Slow, fast, if Austin Reeves plays like this, you can't really slow him up or um, chase him around. Um, he knows his game, plays his role. You can't really speed him up. Um, he's got a good clock in his head as well. Um, 
no matter where he is on the floor. So, I, I mean, I just love this dude. He's a basketball player all around. I'm with Stone. Like, get your head out of your ass. Offer him a four-year deal for, like, 75 mil and have him sign on the dotted line because we need him. We need him. He is he is what you call a building block. He has really developed his game to become something kind of special as a player. We'll see how he develops even further. Could he develop into a player that could really be a big contributor on a team, a winning team, a championship team? Uh, I know I was not convinced of that even coming into this season, but I sure am now that he could be a great player and a great contributor in this league. But also as well, here today to talk about today's game, good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today along with his good friends at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. And please, if you like playback and you use playback, please go ahead and support them. First off, go ahead at report underscore court or at Upside Swings. You could go ahead and check out what they're doing as far as the playback games that they're watching. You can watch along with them and hear their insight each and every time out. Plus, they're awesome podcasts as well checking you in on the NBA draft. It is Stone Hanson. Stone, great to have you here, my friend. You were so insightful during the game, you know, giving compliments on this Orlando Magic team that I think the future's really high for them. But thank goodness that wasn't so high that that would mean a Lakers loss for them today. Yeah, for sure. I really do like the Magic. But, I mean, the Lakers honestly did not play that well tonight. And no, they if, they, if they play like they did tonight, against the Suns on Wednesday we will not win that game the the Magic are very young team and struggle with how to finish games uh, and I think that in that way the Lakers benefited um, I mean that's no discredit to to the guys who played well tonight um, Reeves obviously carried us uh, but um, I don't think we can afford to play this way against the Suns and expect a victory um, the, the Lakers I think uh, need to figure out sort of what the offensive hierarchy of this team is. Um, I think once LeBron comes back, that'll fall into place a little bit more. But uh, I, I think that a team that has a different guy sort of like going off that's that's helping you every night without a consistent, um, you know, scoring options, I think is, I mean, it's nice to know that, you know, you have some guys that can do that, but I think, more times than not, it's not going to lead to a lot of wins being strung together. Um, and I think the Lakers, uh, I mean, they did what they had to tonight because you, you absolutely could not have afforded to lose this game. And I think if they would have lost this game and then got on to maybe lose that Suns game, that uh, the Lakers would probably be out of it for the rest of the way. There's just not a lot of games to make up uh, being down by two games for us this season. Um, so it's it was vital that they won and they did do that. Um, but there's, uh, I think, a lot of uh, things that need to be addressed coming out of this win. Um, it is a win. We'll take it, obviously, and um, very excited and, and happy for Austin Reeves. But uh, I think there's a lot of uh, adjustments that have to be made going into that Suns game. We all noted how sluggish the Lakers played in that second half, uh, letting that 16-point lead at one time dwindle down to actually a tie game at one point. Uh, I mean, like you said, just the energy was just not there in that third quarter. And it showed, in fact, in fact, halfway through the fourth quarter, it looked very much or looked very similar to the kind of mistakes we were making against Dallas. Yeah, I, I didn't catch the Friday night game uh, because I was I was busy live streaming the uh, the March badness. But I did catch the final ends of that. And I think that 
they were uh, the, the way they closed that game and the way they closed this game um i think it was the lakers did a better job of closing obviously and i think they on a couple possessions got lucky with reeves getting bailout fouls um but uh closing has to be like uh it can't be something that comes in and, and goes away game to game like it has to be something they're consistently good at if they want to be able to not only make the play in but like win their first round of playoff games um or even win just the play in game to get into the playoffs like there there has to be some level of consistent finishing of games in order to uh you know go as far as we would we would like them to go z every time we see that lineup because Stone pointed out first on playback. Every time we see the three guard lineup, we always mention how you're going to be pissed off on it and how you're going to note it to everybody out there how bad you hate these three guard lineups. They're they're not effective. And I just don't know why he's so infatuated, meaning Coach Ham on it. But also here today to go ahead and talk about today's game. He does look like a, someone who should be a straight out of a horror movie, indeed. It is a guy that looks like also, according to Deviant Flux, should be hacking into a mainframe somewhere at some corporation. But we'll go ahead and still keep him here anyways. It is the man behind Simblades.com and also as well, LakersBall.com. Very much a part of that as long as 1947 is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you on your mobile, my friend, doing the mobile thing as I did earlier last week. Your thoughts on today's game, again, a strong second quarter really was the reason why that they that helped give them that lead, but they sleptwalked through most of that second half, and you saw the issues with the starting five. No energy from anyone in the starting five, even a bad game or a down game from Anthony Davis, and it just seemed like there was just no energy at all from anything outside of the bench. The bench really had to pick up the game for the Lakers tonight. There's a massive leadership issue with this team and I don't see it changing anytime soon the coach is actually getting worse the the, the more games played AD is a, in a funk right now his his uh, confidence is at an all-time low uh, he's gonna need something big to kind of pop him out of it let's say if there is a game where he hits two free throws to win the game or a game-winning shot that, that that'll probably likely get him out of his funk but that's what would need to happen. But watching this team run an offense of set, uh, a set is is uh, is comical. No one doing any movement. Even when you're practically neck and neck here, the game gets tied. You're up by two. Whatever it was towards the end of the fourth quarter, you're still seeing a bunch of idiot, but bunch of guys just standing around. And if that's the case, you you, you have to under you have to point the finger at at the coach that's managing this this team and it's been a problem all year and I don't think he's addressed it enough and it's those little things that cost you these games typically they they won tonight because you needed a out of this world performance from a bench guy and I know Austin Reeves is loved in Lakerland I understand he's got a really really good skill set and he seems to be getting better but when you have to have your bench guy be the star when you have a star already on your team, it's it just goes to show you how badly managed this team is. I have no confidence in them beating Phoenix. Phoenix seems to have their number, and it doesn't matter whether it's 
Chris Paul there or Devin Booker or if, even if Aiton isn't playing. Um, that's why it was important to win the Houston game and win uh, the Dallas game because I had I had booked the, the Phoenix game as a loss. They're, they have to win really honestly. They probably have to win the rest of the games for them to, 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 to make a dent here. And I don't like the way they're playing. I don't like who's leading this team. Uh, I can call out AD uh, for his mental midget mindset. I don't know. I, I, th- I, I don't think it's just one guy. I think it's an entire culture here. It's just not working. It's not working. It's not going to work when LeBron gets back. And I don't want to see Darvin Ham coach this team anymore. I'm I'm about done with it. And it's that's that's the tough part about this summer. Even if we should go, you know, we should go wherever we go in the, this season. It's still the fact that I have to deal with the fact that we have to have this guy who doesn't know how to coach a basketball team coach this team. That's a tough thing to watch. It's just not a good team, guys. I'm just – they're not a good team. They're not uh, – blame it on culture, blame it on injuries, blame it on whatever you want. Bottom line is they're just not good. They are what they are, and we're going to ride this until it's over and then hope that uh, by some miracle they find someone else to coach this team. I think that's really the the really big problem at this point is – you talk about Beasley stinking. You talk about this guy stinking and all that. I go, Beasley's a, a role player, guys. He needs to be utilized correctly. Role players need to be utilized correctly. That's the point of a coach and a system. Stars are going to do star things. Role players work within a system. And sometimes they all take turns on who's going to be good. Tonight was Austin Reeves. Beasley's been struggling basically for all but one game in the last few weeks. And it's unfortunate because he is a dead-eye shooter, and it's something that you desperately need, yet you can't concoct an offense that could take advantage of his assets, right, or his ability. Well, Joe, he missed a bunch of open shots tonight. Yeah, but they're not within rhythm, guys. If you watch basketball and you understand what a player's ability is, you're going to know what's a good shot and what's a bad shot. Yes, it's, it's an open shot. He should make it. You're right. But that's not really what his game is. You got to be within a flow. You got to have some rhythm. That's basketball. We don't have any of that. And these shots that Austin Reeves was making were circus shots. He just happened to make them tonight. That's not a good system. That's not. That's just. That's just hero ball. It's just that Austin made them, and they happen to be three point plays on top of that. So. I was just not impressed. I was uh, not disgusted, not impressed. Just It's just a mediocre performance other than Austin Reeves' individual performance. Uh, I commend him for what he did. Uh, AD had some moments on defense that helped, but ultimately the Lakers are a mediocre team that are that's playing a below-average team. And uh, if you guys are expecting them to play better on Tuesday, I, 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 I feel sorry for you because they're not. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible, it's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. 
Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 111 to 105. Lakers do, with the victory, pull back into the playing mix. They're tied with ninth place. Uh, I believe they're tied with Minnesota. Right now at 35 and 37, as the updated standings, ESPN just made it right there for you. They're actually listed as 10th, but they're tied with Minnesota Timberwolves. 13 games back, they're a half game behind the Thunder in eighth. They're a game behind the Golden State Warriors and a game and a half behind Dallas Mavericks. They'll be facing off against Phoenix, who they are three and a half games behind on Wednesday. So hopefully you'll join us that on playback. But getting back to you, Mr. Magic Man, when it comes to what you see on the court that could be changing before the season ends because we got an update on LeBron kind of vaguely from Coach Darvin Ham in regards to the fact that he says that we will see LeBron James or we will see LeBron James before the end of the season. Didn't say that that was the playoffs, the play-in, or the actual end of the season itself. We, you know, you've heard about all the stuff that's going on with the German doctors, blah, 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 as far as what was mentioned by Schroeder and all that. All that aside, do you expect to see LeBron James in a Laker uniform back out on the court before the season ends? No. If he came back before the end of the regular season. You remember to make that look if he does. Yeah, I I would do this. I would literally do that because I, I, I don't see it. Uh, it it's po- it's possible. I mean, if I mean, for God's sakes, what he's doing with his body and uh, the way he prepares is unprecedented. So if anybody could come back early from something like this, it probably is him. So I'm not going to doubt him at all, Gerald. But uh, I just don't I just don't see it. Um, given given the uh, the tenuous nature of that that muscle at the bottom there can really aggravate it i i'd keep him off his feet as long as possible um you know i i think if the lakers if the lakers want to make the playoffs and make the make the plan because uh after this week i don't i don't think the sixth seed is within our grasp anymore they're gonna have to get to the the plan without him and uh you might have to win the plan without him so they're just 10 games left yeah, I, I wouldn't bring him back personally, even with 10 games left. Um, I'd just wait and see personally because it's it's two weeks, basically. I don't think he's coming back until the, the playoffs start. I'd be very I'd be very surprised at that. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little worried that, you know, AD's kind of hitting a wall here and something may happen with him. Um uh I'm not as despondent about Wednesday as Joe and maybe other Laker fans are. You know, the two teams right now that are sinking fast in the West are Phoenix and Minnesota. Minnesota's lost five of six, and that was even before uh Ant badly sprained his ankle. And the Suns have lost four or five since KD went down with his ankle sprain. Like they as far as the Lakers not playing well tonight and still winning, they won. Phoenix did not play well tonight. And uh, as a matter of fact, OKC 
just played okay too, but they still managed to beat them. I think if the the Lakers put in a better effort on Wednesday than they did tonight, they'll put themselves in a better position to win. I'm with Joe. I I don't I don't see it as a win, but I'm not as uh, I'm not as down as it as I was previously seeing as how Phoenix has been been playing lately. Phoenix will play better against the Lakers. They always do. That's the problem. They don't care about Oklahoma City. They're going to play balls out on Wednesday, and don't be surprised. Well, I, I'm just, I'm just saying they've they've lost four or five since the the KD injury. Like it, it like it's pretty obvious, Joe, that at, at this point in time, Chris Paul really isn't the player he once was. I mean, we saw we saw it today. Even if he he wasn't shooting well, he still got he still had fourteen and thirteen. But he wasn't shooting well, and, and OKC took advantage of it. If Chris Paul isn't shooting well, I don't think Phoenix stands as good as a chance as their fans and uh, experts think. That they're they're very reliant on on being a good shooting team. Once again, the Lakers do win one eleven to one oh five. Stone, my question for you is: You're hearing what Joe says. And I'm actually leaning towards Joe because they never play well against Phoenix. Uh, and uh, Phoenix, even though they are on the downslide, they always get up for the Lakers. And it's going to be on Wednesday night. Uh, I think it's going to be on national mm-hmm. TV, so they'll probably get up for that. Your thoughts on this? I mean, yeah. the Lakers, do you think that they can go ahead and pull off Wednesday? Uh, I'm hoping that they can because if they do, that could clearly get them in a position where they can really get it, make some, you know, make a nice charge in the last 10 games of the season. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think a lot of it depends if Eaton plays that game. I think, uh, I mean, Bismack Biombo is like a fine backup center, but he's, he's just not Aiton. Um, And I think that if the Lakers uh, can, take advantage of that on the inside and take advantage um, defensively of just having less options uh, for the Suns. Josh Kogi has been on like a ridiculous shooting streak. Um, but as of recently, the past three, four games, it's been uh, decreased quite a bit. I think that the Lakers have a shot, but like I was telling um, Sean on playback today, Darvin Ham just does not like look at the film hard enough uh, because the the Magic were playing to their strengths tonight, like they were just doing what the Magic's mo is, and and Ham didn't really have a rebuttal to that. Uh, and if you're playing the Suns and Booker's really their only scoring option, uh, does Ham look at game film enough and and put in enough defensive adjustments and and uh, things into practice to make those shots that Booker likes harder for him and really hone in on him defensively? Uh, I just don't have a lot of faith in, in that particular thing happening uh, because Ham just has not shown to really be a great coach. Um, <clears throat> for the Lakers to really make the play in, I think you have to go eight and two, maybe seven and three to get in uh, to the the play in here uh, with the final 10 games. Um, and I think they got to get to 500. They have 500. to get to 500. I think that should be the goal first, and then then they can find I, themselves wherever they need to find themselves in a playing mix. I think I think six and four is doable when you look at this stretch. Like the Suns, may, best case scenario, they go one and one. They play the Suns twice. Best case scenario, I think, is they go one and one and, and take one of those Suns games. The Bulls are a hot team right now. They're playing really well. It's not leading to a ton of wins, but they have closers. 
and they have guys that I think can beat the Lakers. So best case scenario. And a motivated Patrick Beverly. Yeah. So best case scenario, that's another one and one split. Um, the Jazz, maybe you pull a 2-0 sweep on them, but it's it's tough to do that for a team that you play so close together. They're going to adjust after they play you the first game. So I think another 1-1 one, one split. So that puts you 3-3. Three and three. Um, and Then you play the Wolves here on a downturn. So let's just say the Lakers win that. They're going to play really hard for that game because it means a lot in terms of standings. But let's just say best case scenario, they win that. That's four four and three. Let's say best case scenario, they win the Thunder game. That's five and three. And then best case scenario, they win the Rockets game. Hopefully they learn from last time. That's six and three. Uh, and then the Clippers game, the Clippers are just a better team. So that's probably six and four you're looking at. Is that enough to get in? I think it's going to be really, really tight. I think you want to be seven and three to have that level of comfortability. Six and four is probably the most doable route. I just don't know if it's quite enough to get you in. I think 41 and 41 will get you the 10th seed, which, you know, it's not that great. But yeah. Gets you in. Gets you in. And Joe, I mean, it's a big week ahead for the Lakers with the matchup on Wednesday with Phoenix, which, uh, again, I lean towards you and uh, how they play normally against Phoenix. It's a big game coming up because you have uh, two days where the Lakers probably will fall out of the standings just by the fact that they won't be active. They'll find themselves probably back out of the play-in mix at an 11th place by the time that they get to that game. Your thoughts, you know, they got to finish this week strong, man, or else, again, it's all for naught. Yeah, I'm not confident at all. Um, I'm pretty much resigned on thinking anything positive with this team. There's... There's just not enough leadership and not enough focus on the right things. It's just a terribly managed team. Well, they've let you down so many times, right? It's a terribly coached team. I I mean, I'm talking, this makes, in a lot of ways, this makes the Luke Walton uh, tenure uh, a little bit more bearable. Luke Walton had no talent on his teams and he stunk. This team has talent left and right, guys that actually can ball. Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Chad. Go ahead. You got to unmute yourself, though. I, I got it. I got him. He's, oh. uh, I think he's just comparing his time with the Luke Walton era. Yes. Well, so. well the Luke Walton era, unfortunately, was was there was too many distractions. You know. Yeah, Walton... I was. Um, I was just doing my like going into the medicine cabinet and trying to find the rat poison when Joe was talking about the greatness of Luke Walton. I he's not wrong. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the little guy from a brother. We're out thou. He ain't lying. Yeah, Luke Walton. Luke Walton, uh, unfortunately, loved being head coach of the Lakers. Luke Walton a little too much and forgot to work. That happens sometimes. But Darvin Ham is about as pathetic a head coach as I've seen in a Laker uniform. I'd say Randy Fund uh, esque at this point. Uh, Randy Fund and, and Darvin Ham are the two worst coaches I've ever watched coach the Lakers and that's with Magic Johnson uh being a coach as well at least Magic Johnson had a good first seven games and then really only coached you know what 16 games I can't even remember what it was but he's terrible he's absolutely terrible he hold, he doesn't hold anyone accountable on his team he doesn't have an I any idea how to run a normal set out of the out of the timeouts no one knows what the hell they're doing on that team. There's freelancing everywhere. They all look like a bunch of free safeties. And if you guys watch the game, you know, without 
knowing what's with knowing what's going on, I should say, you'll realize how bad the offense was run and how individual skill sets by Austin Reeves was what really helped us. It's over. It's over. And it's it's been over, but we've been holding on a little longer. The Dallas game was really the 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 clincher for me in terms of finally putting a stake in it. Tonight's game just reiterated the fact that they can't really play against anyone in any with any consistency. Uh, Orlando's a bad team. I don't care how good they've been playing since February, and the Suns stink right now, and they're not going to win jack squat because Durant can't stay healthy. But they're going to smack. The, the 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 Lakers on Wednesday all over the place. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but you guys know about all that hoping and being wrong when it comes to this team. It's usually not. They're just not. They're a pathetically run team at this point, and AD is a pumpkin. Whether he's going to be a coach, meaning like a coach, guys, not a coach coach, a coach, you know, the thing that pulls the horses or whatever, or the horses pull, uh, that's going to take a, a defibrillator, something big where – he hits a game-winning shot or a game-winning free throw for him to get out of this funk. And until then, uh, we're going to probably see AD miss one of two free throws and AD miss four four footers and five footers pretty much half the game. Once again, the Lakers do win 111-105. They are now 35-37, 10th place in the Western Conference, tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Again, they're right in the mix, but... Magic Man, again, it's going to be a tough week ahead, again, because of the fact that the Lakers don't have four games on the schedule for this week. They only have they only have three, and in doing so, just by the sheer nature of the schedule, they will fall probably at least a spot before they even get a chance to play a game and could do the same thing again before they play the next time around. So your thoughts on where the Lakers might end up for this week by the time everything is said and done. Uh, yeah, you know what, Gerald? I have a feeling we'll either be in the exact same spot we are or quite possibly back in 11th place, um, unless they actually go 3-0 and this week. Um, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's strange, man. They, 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 there should be an emphasis right now for them to just to completely pick it up and try and just push through and win as many games as possible right now. Because if you're score if you're scoreboard watching and looking around the rest of the league, well, the hottest team in the NBA outside of the Philadelphia 76ers, you play on Friday night. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've won seven of nine. They're one game out of sixth place. That team plays really. That team plays really well, uh, based off of SGA. He is their engine. He is the nucleus. He is the uh, peanut butter and jelly on toast for them. The Minnesota Timberwolves are struggling right now, Gerald. They've lost five of six. They lost. They lost a bad game yesterday to the Raptors off a of back to back. Um, they're probably is going. This, is this where every team around the Lakers, and that's the only saving grace? That I was. It's the only out, saving grace. Is that they're all playing bad? The the Golden State Warriors have won seven games all year on the road. That that's lottery level bad. Yeah. 
that's the that's one of the only reasons why the Lakers find themselves in a fortuitous position that they and they're are in seventh place. Yes, the Golden State Warriors have lost eleven games in a row on the road and still find themselves in a playing position somehow. So that's how topsy turvy and just really strange this year has been. And it you know it's been a combination of like Gerald saying this team just cannot cannot handle prosperity whatsoever. Nope. Any, there, there's never been prosperity. Well, there has, there had, there has been though. There Anytime has they been. get a little momentum going, been. and you momentum, and Tom guys. start start talking about playoffs, like I, I, I tell you guys to stop talking about playoffs because that's the kiss of death. Yeah, what happens? There, what happens, Sean? They hit that wall, Gerald. They, they sit people that are healthy to play. Well, yeah, but Joe, you even you had to admit that they had some forward momentum. You, of all people, go back to the the Denver game where LeBron sat that as an illustration of, you know, whatever momentum they create, they it's just yeah, that was just faking. I was just fake. I was that was that was fake optimism, because if I came in here with negative realizations of things, it would drain everyone. Now we're getting behind the candelabra with Joe Soro. <laughs> I'm serious. It's not. It's not. It's not that hard to figure out. They're a pathetically run team in terms of the team, right? Rob makes this trade, helps out the team tremendously in terms of youth and role players that actually fit this particular, let's say, two star set. And they they still are losing the same way they were losing before. It's just that. They don't have a numbskull throwing the ball in the third row during the late games. Instead, now it's turned into missed free throws and 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 fouling people at the three point line. It's it's stupidity. It's 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 an infectious cancer of stupidity that this resonates throughout the whole team, and it starts with Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham is the worst coach in the NBA. That's a head coach. And. He's proved it with his work. That's 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 the and you you you're not going to convince me to all of a sudden think that they're going to beat Phoenix because they're a couple players down, and then on top of that, you're pl- you're going to play the second hottest team on Friday. The Lakers could be done on Friday. They lose against Phoenix on Wednesday and then lose against Oklahoma City. They're they're toast. Who's going to guard Shea Gilgis? Who? AD? Austin? He's going to go off for forty. He's going to go off for 40, 45. They're going to go wire to wire. They're going to get to that point where they can shoot a couple free throws to end the game. And guess what? They're going to miss both or miss one. And then they'll hit some last-second shot because Darvin Ham doesn't know how to set up a defense either. So it's 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 over. It's over talking about, you know, nice flowers and beautiful palm trees and all that horse crap. I'm over it. Tonight was just a – I'm watching again. I'm just like – the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> That's it, it's exactly what I thought in my head. It's exactly what I thought in my head is what am I doing with my life watching this mediocre trash team that can't do a basic set off of out of a timeout over and over and over again with this kind of talent. This these are talented guys, guys like Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, Vanderbilt. AD, Austin Rivers, these guys are, 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 are freaking talented players, but they look like a they look like a below 500 team. How is that possible? 
dad, this right here, in the, the head. No bueno. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. But once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Stone, you've been very uh, analytical when it comes to Ham's decision-making and rotations out there on, on the court. Uh, is your assessment similar to what you see from Joe as far as uh, the overall picture for Ham? Uh, I think, yeah, you know, rookie coach for this team was not the right call. I think it's something that we we had talked about over the course of the season that, you know, you just see the bad habits. They're already formed. And it's just he did pick up the, a lot of the good things from Budenholzer that I think that we were hoping that he would pick up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very difficult to make any sort of case that Ham's been a positive for this team. Like we were watching tonight, the Magic just played to their strengths, and it it's like, does Ham not have any film sessions where he's pointing these things out and, and saying, like, you know, if Wendell's open for a top-of-the-key three, uh, he's going to take it unless you close out hard on it, and he's going to make it, um, or... If Paolo uh, can get past the initial line of defense, is he going to pull up for a mid-range shot? The answer is yes, and if there's no closeout, he's going to make it. And the Lakers just don't have uh, – it doesn't seem like they're putting a defensive plan into work. Um, I mean, n- not to get even too big picture here, but I, I just don't – Ham's a terrible coach, and this team would run a lot better with a different coach. Even with a different coach, I don't know if this team is good enough to – be any sort of contender but maybe um, like four or five wins might have been the difference as far as the coaching this year i don't want to get too into it but i just don't, any, anytime, I don't know what the yeah stone anytime you have winyan gabriel at the three-point line or a vanderbilt i've seen that on more than one occasion how that's even an option how is that even uh, uh, uh once one is too many times for definitely winyan gabriel yeah how does the I, offense do that is he is he Again, is he a Dave Roberts coach? Is he a puppet that reads off a sheet? Because I'm trying to understand the stupidity of, of this coaching. Is, it's, is it coach this this dumb in terms of not being able to understand basic sets? I mean, if, I, I would argue more. there's more bad coaches in the NBA than good coaches. And I think mm-hmm. Ham is one of those bad coaches, and he doesn't seem to – understand adjustment or game by game schemes or plays or anything. I mean honestly I don't I don't really know why he was in the NBA to begin with, but we know why the Lakers hired him ultimately, right? Like he has he has ties to the Lakers in the past and that's the only reason he got hired and will continue to have this sort of coaching problem or this front office problem or whatever the next problem is as long as this team is owned by Genie Bus. And I think that this this sort of looking towards legacy rather than talent is what's always going to hold us back, and I don't think that's going to change for as long as she owns it, and I don't think that she's going to she's going to die owning the team. So I don't think it's ever going to change, and it's, I mean, this is what it is for the Lakers. I think for the foreseeable future. You, you know what's you know what's interesting about what you just said. Okay, let's let's look at the coaching decisions since Pat Riley. 
Okay. Randy Fund. Mike Dunleavy. Okay. Randy Fund was a complete disaster. Well, Mike Dunleavy was before Randy Fund. Mike Dunleavy was not a Laker. There was no Laker lineage there, right? And what did he do? Took him to the finals. Then you had Randy Fund, a you know, legacy pick, bad. Magic, bad. Dell Harris, not a Laker guy. Actually didn't, you know, it wasn't great, but he was pretty darn took good a, with took that. Took him to the, the finals. 61 took, games. He won took, 61 games. Exactly. And then what'd you have? You had Kurt Rambis. Again, lineage, stunk. Phil Jackson, not a Laker. Wins five championships. Rudy Tomjanovich is really the only guy, even though they're, it was the only guy, I don't. I think he was burnt out. I don't know if I really would, would even factor that guy. And he quit after, what, four months? Yeah. So if you look at the history of things, Frank Vogel, not a Laker. That's the thing that cracks me up about this is the guys that you've actually hired outside from the coaching standpoint, outside the Laker family, have actually won. Yeah, because Why they're... The hell did you... They're looking for talent, not not for lineage. But when they go for this lineage route, it's just always going to be the same. And you're 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 missing out on talent because you're so focused on on finding guys that have this Laker family tie. If you by by completely looking for that, you're disqualifying everyone else who has probably a better skill set and and can do a better job with this team. And Nick I Nurse. Mean, per- yeah, Nick Nurse coached pretty damn well in 2019 for a rookie coach. I, I, Steve Kerr won a championship in his rookie season. There's, there's a such, there is, you know, Pat Riley won one, uh, a championship in his rookie year. That's not actually unique. There are, if you're a good coach, you can win in your rookie season. That, that, that doesn't fly here. We know what we're watching, and we know that there's a massive, massive negative here on who's leading this team. And the, the sad thing is. You had a guy already that at least gave this team an identity. Yeah, he might have not, not had a good offensive philosophy, but he at least had an identity and had a defensive philosophy. That might have helped a little bit more. And maybe if you brought in someone who had a good offensive mindset, maybe that would help. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's, yeah. I'm just tired of watching this trash. I mean, Palinka got the job because he was Kobe's agent. When, and Magic got the job because he was a Laker. And Kurt Rambis has the amount of influence that he does. Um <sighs> in terms of decision making because he was a laker if you surround yourself in an echo chamber you're never going to get out of it and that's exactly what genie has done and it's not going to change because she'll never sell so and michael jordan the michael jordan era is coming to an end in charlotte because of that as well yeah and we're stuck in an infinite loop of of bad decision making and there we go like no well i mean it's just the world i i i've been listening and I, I agree 100% with everything and every panelist on here is saying it's Gerald it, it it is 2023 so like we can't live in vacuums anymore but people do live in bubbles and that it's ob- it's pretty obvious that the genie bus lives in one I think Joe is going to ready to he's going to go down to the crypt and he's going to hack their mainframe right now he's got oh. that on <laughs> No I'm going to be petting my cat there you go. Oh, <laughs> I miss you, PMC, wherever you are, man. Hopefully yeah, we're on the replays. Him. I'm petting my cat. Hopefully he's uh, still part of Team Replay. Hashtag Team Replay. I hope all is well. well yes. There you go. Yeah, but... so, uh, I, I mean, what, what 
Stone said is is a hundred percent true. It's you know, um, it, it it it's not a reverse pyramid for the Lakers. It's like everything rolls down from the top, and um, you know, she she just lives in this bubble where she she knows a lot. Like you said, Gerald, she's been in the game a long time. She can play. She can play the card. She doesn't know what she's talking about or. This, uh, but you know, Gerald, this isn't a babe in the woods. She's been around. It, yeah. It, yeah, it's 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 not like I don't care what Joe says about you know what department she has been and whatnot. She has been part of a basketball franchise for decades. You cannot just tell me you were blindly yes selling circus anything. circus performers. That's what she does. Uh, no, she, that's what she used to do, but for uh, quite a bit, she's actually yeah. been a good part of this organization. So you should at least have some idea when you no. run a a six billion dollar. No, she has no clue what the hell she's doing. Team to go ahead and well, then again, then she shouldn't be running a six billion plus dollar team. It's simple as that. You either do or you don't. You can't well, just Jer- sit there and oh, run man, a buyout. Jim Irsay is an owner of a team. Let's just put it that way. You know, when you're when you got nepotism at your in your hands that's what happens that's that's why things are that's why people yell unfair things out there that are going on you know because you have things keep getting passed on to dumber people right guys Ger- that have no business running Ger- Gerald let me ask you a question and I'll, I'll, I'll ask all the panelists this but I'm asking Gerald first because it's Gerald's show Gerald if you were the Lakers would you offer Austin Reeves a contract extension as soon as possible when the offseason begins? Or would you run the risk that some team now is likely going to give him the arena's rule deal? And for those out there who are not familiar with it, an NBA team outside of the Lakers can offer Austin Reeves a contract for, as an example, they can offer four years, eighty million. They can structure the deal where Austin makes ten, ten million in the first year. He makes twelve and a half in the in year two, and then Gerald it goes up significantly. He makes about twenty five and twenty eight in year three and four. Would you rather sign him to an AAV contract, like an annual, or would you take the risk that someone's going to offer him an arenas rule deal? Well, the thing is, you know, you've got how many years he's been with the Lakers? Two already. So you already yep. have talked to him and his agent now for two plus years. You already have a relationship with him. You already have a point where you are established with that agent. So you have a relationship when you already know that you if feel like that you can negotiate with him. You also have to make sure that when you sign him or what you offer him is in line with the ability to go ahead and sign other players to help build your team in the off season. So you have to calculate it out. Right. is probably the best way to do it. People say, let's just go ahead and give him a 20 million, 20 million. It's not that simple. When you give him that 20 million is exactly when the Lakers should be looking at trying to go ahead and build this team. Cause you've got free agency. You've got other things that you need to take care of along with that, but you can't let it go too long because like you said, Sean, the Lakers will lose will lose them. But that's what a good front office does. A good front office is able to go ahead and retain its own players, yet still sign and make those key signings available to them and still have money available to go ahead and get those players that they need to help their team win. So we'll see. It's up to the front office. But I would make sure I would 
try to have that relationship built with Austin Reeves and his agent so that it would be hard for them to leave unless they get a really, truly outstanding offer. I won't say too much, but from what I know, a couple of people involved in the agency process of Austin Reeves. And from what I gather, Austin Reeves is would prefer to remain a Laker long-term. I think Austin Reeves is, is a little bit more flexible in terms of the deals that he'd be willing to take from the Lakers. And I think um, from what I have been told, the it, it sounds like an extension is likely um, or would be likely, I should say. Um, but Remember, we've been down this road before with a certain guy named Alex. Yeah, we yeah. were. We were. And this is this is kind of a combination of him and Zubas because Austin Reeves just got finished through saying that growing up the Lakers were his favorite team. So now, now all of a sudden this could be the second consecutive year where outside of AD and LeBron, the most fan friendliest player you've had in the organization is out the door. It can't let it happen. Not twice in a row. You don't want to do a situation where you overpriced yourself, like we saw with, uh, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker. You know that that just really was just something that think, set the the team back a little bit because of that signing. I mean, I think uh, if you like, if you're looking at some sort of a extension, you would probably want a, a three year, is what I would think. Um, I, th- I think that that's probably the ideal situation i mean the lakers i would guess are probably trying to do like a like a, 50, a three year 50 million type deal and i would be willing to go up to like 60 million for reeves i think he's worth a he's a 20 million annually type player um as a young player and i think that uh, i mean lakers can't really just afford to let him go <laughs> that that is what it comes down to can he's the lakers 24 yeah because he came out of college at 22 i believe yeah Yep. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think be, you can. Whatever contract he signs, he'll still be like in his prime when he becomes a free agent once again. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Lakers can really afford to delay him unless it's like an an asinine type type asking price. But I, I think that they have to sort of um, do what they can to keep him. And I think, like I said, from what I have been told and gather. Um, from from the talks that I've had with a couple different people, it sounds like Austin Reeves would prefer prefer to to continue his career as a Laker at this point in time. Once again, it is the Lakers winning 111-105. They are 35 and 37 in 10th place to Western Conference. We'll be back on Monday night to talk some NBA observations. Who's the MVP right now? That'll be on our minds along with what's going on in the Western Conference. We'll talk about that because a lot of things have changed. I know Stone's going to be talking a lot with the guys from Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, not only on later this week for the Sweet 16 and all that for their playback channel, but I know there's been some great conversation with what we're seeing with Scoot Henderson and also as well with Brandon Miller from Alabama. So a lot of people are now putting him at number two over Scoot Henderson. I don't know about that. I mean, I've seen the best of Scoot. I've seen the best of Miller. I just have my opinions, but I know everybody's now infatuated with winning Miller number two. And I know the guys are discussing that on Upside Swings podcast. But Joe, uh, before I hit all the rest of the guys on what they're doing this week, 
And of course, we looking to have a late night on Tuesday and looking forward to doing something on Thursday as well. What are your thoughts on what the Lakers need to get done in the next few days before we head on out? Win. There you go. Yeah, win. You lose Wednesday and Friday, you might as well just quit because you pretty much are quitters anyways. So you think if they lose both games this week, then they're done. done. They're done. You're going to see a downward downward spiral similar to what we saw the second half of last year when we had Westbrook. These okay. guys don't 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 have the mental fortitude and they don't have the leadership to get them out of this rut. They're weak, they're soft, and their leadership is weak and soft from every angle with a with exceptions of a couple guys that can somehow get out of that funk. But ultimately as a team from top to bottom, they're soft, they're weak and they they don't impress me in any in any in any form or fashion. Uh, they're not the only ones that are like that. There are many teams that are just like that, and that's what they are. That's why you see teams that are two games separated from from what five, six to thirteen. That's what you are. You are mediocre. You are average because your mindset and your ability to go forward is average. You four make all games, that money. Well, let me just say this. Four games separates four from 12. It's become the NFL. Mediocrity. The only thing is with the NFL is the system is set up that way because you, you have a hard cap that only allows you to keep certain players. And in an NFL uh, league uh, where the quarterback makes sometimes, you know, one-fourth of the salary cap, you're you're screwed. You, you can't really better yourself or keep a consistent team together without it. But in the NBA, you have the ability to – to stretch that a little bit and get the right players and get the right setup. So the fact that you have mediocrity as much as you do here in the West, you know, just goes to show you how, again, it's a soft, weak league. And you don't need to listen to me. Go listen to uh, Dame Lillard when uh, when he was thought, uh, did, a, did an interview with J.J. Redick. Don't listen to me, guys. I'm not an NBA player. I'm, I'm going I'm to go by what I see. But I'm also getting my information from actual NBA players who've been talking smack. We're talking about Dame Lillard, okay? Dame L- Lillard is one of the few badasses in the NBA from top to bottom, okay? You already heard something from Anthony Edwards, didn't you? Didn't you hear that too? How he was talking about playing every game and we're out there to play. We're out there to do our thing. The word is out. We just need to start speaking it a little bit louder. And I don't know if it'll change, but... You are, a, you know, if anybody's listening from the organization, I want them to know. I want this to tail into somewhere at some point. And I want it to resonate in the people who are watching, make it grow, that you are a soft, weak-ass team. And you don't have to be. It's just that's who you are mentally. You're weak. You're a weak-minded organization, and you don't have people that are skilled enough. This is the Chuck Noll thing. I'm going to keep bringing it up. It's not that it's not has nothing to do with your attitude. You're just not good enough. You're just not good enough. And your record and your performance at the end of the games have shown it. It's not me being mean and being negative. You are what you are because that's what you've presented. And at this point, there's 10 games left. No more of the fairy tale, guys. The coach is a pumpkin. Cinderella's gone. 
she's back to scrubbing floors or whatever the hell she does. Are we going to get a prince to come in here and fix this? Absolutely not, because that's fantasy, guys. This is reality. There's no prince coming to save the Lakers. Not That, that includes you, LeBron. And it's kind of the irony of that is hilarious, considered he's called the king. No, no, it's over, guys. The season's going to go the way it's going to go. Maybe they might make the play-in, but they're not going to go much further than that. So you don't think LeBron has the glass sneaker for the Lakers? <sighs> no. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough, indeed. Sean? Uh, I had another any... answer, but I, I'm going to keep it PG. Okay, fair enough. I appreciate that. Sean? We already had to make it explicit on the last time around. Uh, Sean, before we head on out, my friend, any last thoughts on the on what's going on with the Lakers? I know you and I have got a – hopefully everybody else could join us as well for a great conversation on Monday for the NBA observations. But your thoughts on what needs to be done for the Lakers before we head on out? Yeah, Gerald, I, I think we're just – at this point, it's kind of a, a wing and a prayer and – the wing is like half broken. So we got like half a wing and a prayer now. So that's what we're rolling with. Um, I, I agree with Joe. I also agree with Stone. I think, you know, at minimum, you probably need to go seven and three, probably minimum to get into the plan. It's probably not going to happen. This like this whole exercise kind of feels like like as fans like we're stuck in quicksand and you're trying <laughs> you're trying to get out and ham is like controlling both your arms and he thinks the best way to get out of it is to just grab your ankles so now our arms are stuck in the sand we're just just barely sticking our heads above and if you look out of the corner of your eye you actually see there's like a black panther watching you in the sand. And so now you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because you can go all the way in or take your chances with the panther. That's kind of what this season feels like, especially with Ham. God, has he learned anything through 70, 72 games thus far, Gerald? Absolutely anything. I don't Not think really. so either. I don't think so either. And so the next we have, yeah, we have, yes. The same mistakes. If the same mistakes are being made in the first 20 games, as you see in the last 20 games, your answer is right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you were, if you were handing out a report card, he like, he had a C halfway through and it's like a C minus at this point. It's, It's like, it's the same, which means it's not good because you haven't really gotten better so we have a c coach with 10 games left you need to play above your head and i don't see it happening got my fingers crossed here but i just don't see it happening Uh, um, maybe they pull off a surprise and and win wednesday uh i i'll I'll do something crazy if that happens on air i'm not sure what i I, I think uh you know Another what? Wings challenge? Yeah. yeah well, Johnny, we... jo- yeah, Johnny, I did, I did win a T-shirt. That's what they seem to do when they do these. Uh... Okay, so if they if they win All on right. Wednesday, if they win on Wednesday, I'll pull, I'll pull a Stone Cold. I will actually buy a six pack and chug it on air. Oh my gosh! There you go. All right. Well, Joe, you did win a T-shirt. 
from and Alan, you can suck, you know what? Because <laughs> okay, yes. uh, yeah. it's right there on it's right there on camera. It's right there. Uh, you want yeah, to it's on camera. Uh, the, the, there was the a, there was people there. I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, you those don't want to bubbles it, weren't fake. And you can suck my <laughs> suck it. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. Said, All right. hey, he, hey, Sean brought up Stone Cold and chugging beer. I'm, I'm just trying to bring the Attitude Era back. The Degeneration X, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, before I get to Stone and to giving you the update of what's going on with the Upside Swings podcast, I did want to mention again that the Lakers Fast Break group, we had a fun time setting up the men's tournament challenge, and then the games happened. I do want to give everybody an update. I want to compliment Naughty Head 4782. I don't know who that is, Naughty Head 478, but I want to say congratulations because you're in first place in our group and you're in the top 10% of all the brackets that are out there. You're at 93% as far as that's concerned. So congratulations on moving on. You're really high up there. You have a chance to win the big prize. L Rob, he wins in fantasy basketball. He's doing well here. He's at 86%, so he's in the top 15%, although his title team, Kansas, unfortunately, has lost. So at some point, it's probably going to come back on him. He probably won't be able to finish out strong there. Henry from Courtside Lakers is next at 81%, tied with the two other brackets from Naughty Head 478. And thank you so much, everyone, for playing Men's Tournament Challenge. Then the Magic Man... Magic man, you're you're at seventy five percent. You've got your brackets. Yes, seventy four point six. So you're still within the top twenty five ish percent. So congratulations on that. And then Stone, you and I were not having some great times here. You know, again, I always make the memes of all the dumpster fires and you know blowing up cars and all that when it comes to my brackets on those first few days. All those high seeds winning because I went basically chalk. Uh, yeah, they came back and bit me in the ass. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, that's the only way to describe it, Joe. An ass is still a good enough word to say. It's not not totally explicit. But Stone, you and I are at the bottom of the barrel here. We're at uh, 50%, barely half of the brackets that are out there. Uh, your thoughts on this, my friend? Although my national champion, I have a chance to improve because Alabama, despite my misgivings on Miller, as far as him not really playing that well so far yet, uh, I still have them as my national champions. You picked Kansas, which, like Bill Self, had to take a powder. Uh, your thoughts on that? And then please lead us into what you guys are doing at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Yeah, I currently suck at my bracket, um, as is the case every year. Don't sugarcoat it, Stone. This is what I do in my old podcast. I sound like so negative every time, but I do really suck at this. Um, not, honestly, the big upsets were not that surprising to me. Like Purdue, yes, they're the one seed, but probably the worst one seed in history. Um, and I think that uh, even though Fairleigh Dick, uh, Dickinson isn't that good of a team, it's not that surprising because you can really scheme Edie out of a game. None of these are like super shocking to me. I'm just dumb at picking which which teams are actually going to pull it off. So, with that said, uh, the upside swings we're we're doing um, obviously just a ton of draft content right now. We're doing uh, trying to stream as many of these games as we can. Uh, Thursday and Friday was awesome. We got a lot of people and uh, out in the 
span of 36 hours, we streamed for 24 of them, um, just watching all the March Madness games. I'll continue, whether we're streaming or not, to watch every single March Madness game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're uh, just going to be talking about all the prospects coming up. And to get any updates, you can follow me at report underscore court or the uh, our Twitter as the podcast, which is at Upside Swings. Uh, and anything we do will be posted on one of those one of those accounts. But yeah, that's that's about all we have coming up. Looking forward to it, my friend. All the great stuff you guys are doing at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Also check out Lakerholics.com with Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet, Lakersball.com. You can go ahead and check out Ox1947 today and also Magic Man in the Morning on Friday. Sim Blades for all your lawn <laughs> needs in the Southern California area. And I'm to Joe, you look like Tom Cruise, a minority report, as he was buying drugs. I'm just going to tell you that straight up. You know, when he went underneath into the alley right there to buy some drugs, you know, kids, by the way, don't do drugs. You just, you know, I'll tell you what, just that hoodie just matches what you're all about. Hopefully Joe won't hack a mainframe at some point in the near future. And hopefully he'll be joining us this week as well. But for Joe Soro, Magic Man, Sean Grice, and Stone Hansen, want to thank you so much for watching and listening. Special shout out to Juan who is heading over. I know he's got a long trip ahead of him heading to, I think from Arizona he lives. He's heading to the game on Wednesday against Phoenix. Remember, you can watch it with us, playback.tv slash fast break. Wish you safe travels and hope you have a win heading your way for us as well. We'd like to see that, but it is Phoenix coming up on Wednesday. We'll be here Monday. Looking forward as well to NBA observations. Lakers late night, hopefully coming up on Tuesday as well. So for Joe Sorrell, Stone Hansen, and Magic Man Sean Grice, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for everybody out there. What are Sim Blades? Well, you know what? If you live in the Southern California area, Scarlet Blue, you can go ahead and find out. It's Sim Blades. Sim Blades with a Y. But thanks so much to everybody for being part of what we do here. We'll see you tomorrow after the Lakers win 111-105 to head into 10th place in the Western Conference. Will it get easier for the Lakers? 10 games left. We'll find out. Word just came in that they're looking at Tristan Thompson as the 15th spot. Yippee. Yippee. There you go. They can't even make that decision, right? Too little, too late. Absolutely. And uh, I'll tell you what, though. It is the best Lakers chat room that's out there and the best Lakers post game is out there. You can only find it right here at the Lakers.